the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the James Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and to overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And wow, you know, we got this absolutely fantastic show coming your way. We got this remarkable guest, and uh, we're just so happy to have him to come on the show. Uh, but I want to start it off like this. Sometimes we go through a lot of trials and tribulations. Sometimes things happen in our lives that we really have no control over. But we have control over how we react towards certain things, whether it's good, bad, and different. Attitude means a lot. And just thinking things out and without panicking, regardless of the situation, will sometimes put us in a better and safer place where we can deal with whatever is going on in life uh, sensibly. So uh, this guest today, uh, Trailblazer, so many things that uh, has happened in his life that continue to happen. And uh, he is, I mean, just uh, fighting right through it, uh, inspired, inspirational. I mean, uh, he's a winner. Just, just sum it all up. He's a winner. And so uh, his name is Terry Tucker, and we're going to talk with Terry uh, in a few minutes, but first of all, I'd like to say uh, to my great co-host, Michelle, how are you doing today? Doing good, James. Doing great. Today, uh, we are in our Fort Worth uh, studio. I'm talking about our home studio today. I know we're all over the place uh, every time you guys see us, uh, but um, we decided to stay home. And uh, we got this guess, like I said, doing my research, it's, I have learned just in the last day or so, just uh, reading some of the things that this young man is doing is to be still, uh, to be thankful, to be grateful, and also hold your head up, maintain a positive attitude. With that being said, Michelle, can you please tell our listening audience what's the title of today's show? Yes. The title of today's show is Motivational Check, Inspiring People to Lead Uncommon Lives. And the purpose of the show today is getting to know the background of motivational speaker and author, Terry Tucker. Talk about his website, Motivational Check, and learn about the four truths that guide his decisions in life. And talk about his book titled Sustainable Excellence, 10 Principles to Leading Your Uncommon and Extraordinary Life. Can you please introduce this great man? Yes, Terry Tucker. Terry Tucker is an international podcast guest on the topics of motivation, self-development, and mental health. He has a business administration degree from the Citadel where he played NCAA Division I college basketball and a master's degree from Boston University. In his professional career, Terry has been a marketing executive, a hospital administrator, an undercover narcotics investigator, a SWAT team hostage negotiator, a high school basketball coach, a business owner, a motivational speaker, and for the past 10 years, a cancer warrior. He is the author of Sustainable Excellence, 10 Principles to Leading Your Uncommon and Extraordinary Life. Terry has also been featured on Authority, Global Thrive, and Human Capital Leadership magazines. He and his wife have lived all over the United States and currently reside in Colorado with their Wheaton Terrier, Maggie. In 2019, Terry started the website Motivational Check to help others find and lead their uncommon and extraordinary lives. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, welcomes Mr. Terry Tucker. Welcome to the show, Terry. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you doing? How are you doing? I am great, James. I appreciate you and Michelle having me on, and I'm really looking forward to talking with you. Man, we're looking forward to chatting with you, man. You're such an inspiration, and I tell you, man, you, uh, our listening audience uh, will be inspired. And the listening audience, 
if you want to call in and talk to this great man, that's one nine seven two eight seven zero eight seven zero four. Again, nine seven two eight seven zero eight seven zero four. Terry, man, can you tell our listening audience uh, a little bit about uh, where you grew up and how the lessons your parents instilled in you that shape your life today? Absolutely. I uh, I was born and raised in Chicago. I am the oldest of three boys. You can't tell this from my voice, but I'm six foot eight inches tall. And as Michelle mentioned, I played college basketball at the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina. I have a brother who's six foot seven, who was a pitcher for the University of Notre Dame's baseball team. And then I have another brother who's six foot six, who was drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers in the National Basketball Association. And then my dad was six foot five. So I sort of joke that if you sat behind our family in church growing up, there wasn't a prayer's chance you were going to see anything that was going on in front of us. Uh, but my five foot eight inch mother was really the boss. It didn't matter how big, tall, strong we were, whatever mom said went. And my parents, I, you know, I'm not one of those stories that I came from a broken home or anything like that. I had two great parents that loved us, that practiced what I call divide and conquer parenting. I mean, it would be, you know, Terry's got a game over here. Dad will go to that. Larry's got a practice over here. Mom will go to that. And we really, my dad coached us in a lot of our Little League games and stuff growing up. And mom was always the mom who would stay up late and make sure we always had a clean uniform or a clean jersey for practice or a game the next day. So we were very fortunate to all of us to grow up in a, a loving, caring, supportive family. And, I, and I'll end it with this quick story. When my, my father was dying of cancer when I got out of college and my younger brother was in high school. And I remember one night I told my dad, I said, I'm not going to my brother's basketball game. I'm going to go work out because it's been a few days since I – had worked out and my dad looked at me and he said no you're not you're going to your brother's game and i was kind of like wait a minute i'm an adult i have my own job I, you know, what do you mean you're telling me what to do but my dad said you know look your brother needs your support he needs you to be there for him and so what did i do i went to my brother's basketball game because that was the right thing to do wow man it seemed like you had two great role models uh with within your mom and your dad uh growing up were there any other role models that uh, that you looked up to to help shape uh, the person that you are today? I, I think one of the, the people that I that I really kind of uh, was really like in eighth grade. Uh, we were at our, our eighth grade basketball banquet, and it was at a restaurant that had a little um, kind of shop in the middle of it. And there, there were some books that were available, and there was a book called They Call Me Coach. And it was by John Wooden, who was the basketball coach at UCLA uh, in the, the 60s, 70s, and a little bit, I think, into the 80s. And I, I couldn't, I, you know, I asked my parents to, hey, can I buy this little paperback? And, and they, they agreed. And, and I, I could not put it down. It, it was just filled with so many inspiring stories about this man. And I, I sort of came, became a disciple of John Wooden. I, I read everything that he, he wrote. I watched all the... The, the news programs and the sports programs about him and stuff like that. And it, it, he was really kind of the, the first person that sort of lit my fire when it came to basketball. Wow. Speaking of basketball, you played NCAA basketball, you know, at the Citadel. And the Citadel normally uh, they turn out a lot of Army officers and uh, just an absolutely fantastic school. Uh, can you uh, tell our listening audience what was – your experience like playing college basketball in the Division One, uh, yeah, it was it was hard. I, I you know I mean it's hard enough to uh, manage your classes and play basketball, but with the Citadel being military, you know, you, you, it was sort of like a three pronged stool. You know, you really you really had to get good at budgeting budgeting your time. And I was actually very lucky. I, I was able to play against uh, Michael Jordan my senior year at the Citadel. Uh, we played in a tournament called the North-South Doubleheader, and they took two teams from North Carolina, which just happened to be North Carolina and North Carolina State, and two teams from South Carolina, which happened to be the Citadel and Furman, and we played kind of a round-robin Friday, Saturday night. So Friday night, I played against Jim Balvano and the North Carolina State team, who the following year, 1983, won the national championship. And then on Saturday night, I got to play against North Carolina and Michael Jordan, who that year, 1982, uh, played in the national championship and actually won the national championship. And so in the course of one weekend, 
I was lucky enough to play against two national championship teams. Wow. <laughs> you know, that must have been a, a great experience, man. I mean, uh, getting the opportunity to uh, play against both of those great men. You know, so uh, I tell you, we only got about a minute uh, before the break, uh, but we're going to start this off. You had so many jobs and still do <laughs> you know, uh, uh, throughout your life and, uh, and that you're still doing. Uh, how did you determine? I mean, I know you was good at all of which one of these was the top ones that you wanted to do for as a career? Because uh, each one of them could have been a career and probably was a career. So which one was your, your favorite that, 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 that you enjoyed? Oh, there, there was no doubt being in law enforcement was my, my purpose, my passion. My, my grandfather, my paternal grandfather, was a Chicago police officer from 1924 to 1954. So was in Chicago during Prohibition, when alcohol was outlawed in the United States, during the Great Depression in the late 20s, early 30s, and when the gangs, Al Capone and those guys were shooting up the town. And he was actually shot, my grandfather, in the line of duty with his own gun. It was not a serious injury, was shot in the ankle. But my when I expressed an interest in going into law enforcement, my dad was like, absolutely not. You're going to go to college, you're going to major in business, you're going to get out, get a great job, get married. My dad had my entire life planned out, but it was the life my dad wanted me to live, not the life that I felt I was born to live. Wow, hold that thought. We're going to have to take a station break, but we're going to come back. We're going to pick it up from there. And we're going to continue to have this great discussion with Terry Tucker. It's your life. I'm James Cooler. We'll be back shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James Cooley, available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. I'm, wow, I'm telling you, we have a fascinating conversation with Terry Tucker and a man of many jobs, careers. And he was just telling us about uh, his favorite. I uh, want to be in, uh, uh, in uh, law enforcement. Uh, can you pick it up from that, Terry? Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that and, and some of the other things that uh, you have done and uh, continue to do? Sure. So, I, like I said, I, gra- I graduated from college. I, I was really kind of at a crossroads. You know, my father wanted me to be in business. I felt this need, this pull to, to be in law enforcement. And so I, I had to make a decision. I could either say, you know, hey, Dad, sorry, I'm going to go blaze my own trail or I, and this is exactly what I did out of love and respect for my father who was dying. Uh, my first two jobs, if you look at my resume, are in business. I, I was in the corporate headquarters of Wendy's International, the hamburger chain, in their marketing department. And then I became a hospital administrator. And I sort of joke, I did what every good son did. I waited until my father passed away 
And then I began to live the purpose for which I felt I was put on the face of this earth. And that was that was law enforcement. So I, I, I had a great career with the Cincinnati Police Department. I was an undercover narcotics investigator. I was a SWAT team hostage negotiator. And then my wife lost her job and she's always been the primary breadwinner. And so we ended up moving to Texas and I had to find something to do. And fortunately or unfortunately, my daughter got my height and was uh, she was she is six foot two. She went to the United States Air Force Academy to play basketball. And so I had the fortunate uh, I was very fortunate to coach her in high school. So I was coaching girls high school basketball and I started a school security consulting business based on my training in SWAT and my education. And then in uh, 2012, I was diagnosed with this very rare form of melanoma, of cancer, and I, I continued to, to do things. I started uh, my blog, Motivational Check, and I also worked on a book that was eventually published in 2020. Wow. Um... I didn't know you coached um, your daughter in basketball. I mean, you're just um, taking all the skills and talents that you've learned throughout your life. You're bringing it to your, to your, your, your offspring. So you just mentioned about your battle with um, uh, cancer, and you also mentioned motivational check. Let's start with your 10-year battle with cancer. Can you kind of tell our listeners, you know, the, the, the beginning story about that and also segue why you started the website Motivational Check. Sure. So 2012, I'm a girls high school basketball coach and I had a callus break open on the bottom of my foot. And initially I didn't give it much thought because as a coach, you're on your feet a lot. But after a couple of weeks of it not healing, I made an appointment and went to see a podiatrist, a foot doctor friend of mine. And he took an x-ray and he said, Terry, I think you have a little cyst in there and I can cut it out. And he did. And he showed it to me. It's just a little gelatin sack with some white fat in it. No dark spots, no blood, nothing that gave either one of us concern. But fortunately or unfortunately, he sent it off to have it uh, looked at in pathology. Two weeks later, I received a call from him. And as I said, he was a friend. So the more difficulty he was having explaining what was going on, the more frightened I was becoming. Until so finally, he just laid it out for me. He said, Terry, I've been a doctor for 25 years. I have never seen this form of cancer. You have a rare form of melanoma that appears on the bottom of the feet or the palms of the hands. And I recommend you go to MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston to be treated. And so I did. And I had the, the, the cancer excised on the bottom of my foot, had all the lymph nodes in my groin removed. And then when I healed, my oncologist put me on a weekly injection of a drug called interferon uh, to try to help keep the disease from coming back. The side effects of the interferon were that it gave me severe flu-like symptoms for two to three days every week after each injection. And I took those weekly injections for almost five years. So imagine having the flu every week for five years. And that wasn't a cure. That was just as my oncologist used to say, we're trying to kick the can down the road to buy you some more time. 2017, um, I ended up uh, being in the intensive care unit with a body temperature of 108 degrees, which is usually not compatible with being alive due to the toxicity of the interferon. So I had to stop the drug and almost immediately the cancer came back in the exact same place on my foot where it had presented five years earlier. And that led in 2018 to the amputation of my left foot. Uh, the cancer worked its way up my leg into my shin in 2019, requiring two more operations. And then 2020, I had an undiagnosed tumor in my ankle that grew large enough that it fractured my tibia, my shin bone. And my only recourse right in the middle of the pandemic was to have my left leg amputated above the knee. And I also found out I had tumors in my lungs, which I'm currently being treated for. And you asked about motivational check, and I know I'm kind of rambling on, so I'll cut this here in a minute. But motivational check was one of those things where I was laying in bed at night after having my amputations, and it was like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Where, where am I going? I'm sort of at a crossroads in my life. And there's that old joke that goes, when we talk to God, it's called prayer. When God talks to us, it's called schizophrenia. So I'm not going to stay here and tell your audience that God ever talked to me. But I think what God did was put people in my life that said, hey, Terry, you ought to start a blog. And enough people said that that I, that I did. And I started the blog, and I was looking for a name, and Motivational Check was the name that I chose. 
Wow. Terry, um, Motivational Check, the blog, what kind of feedback have you received regarding this website? And has there anything that people have been saying on the website that has inspired you or vice versa? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the blog is really fairly simple. Every day I put up a new thought for the day. And with that thought comes a question about how maybe you can apply that or internalize that thought in your life. On Mondays, I put up the Monday morning motivational message, which a lot of times is a video or a story in that regard. I understand that people's time is sort of at a premium. People don't have a lot of time. So I always say, if you need a quick hit of inspiration or motivation, go to Motivational Check, read the thought for the day, think about how that can be applied in your life, and then get on with your life. And then people started to say, well, we, we need more. We want more things. So I, I started to put my web uh, or my uh, podcast appearances up on the on the site. And I've been very fortunate, very lucky to have been on probably 400 podcasts around the world to talk about this topic. And then people wanted wanted even more. So there's a, a section on there for books that I think are, are, are good. There's videos that I've come across on on the web that I think are, are motivational and expiring. So I, it's, it's kind of a hodgepodge of a lot of things, but there's I think there's something on there for everybody who needs a little quick hit of inspiration or motivation, and it's been received very well. Well, that's a good thing. You know, it's always great to inspire people, especially when they're going through difficult trials and tribulations. Um, from the time you got diagnosed with your um, cancer diagnosis to um, the amputation, did you have a point in your life where you felt hopeless or just helpless? And if so, um, how did you shift that um, that mentality? I, I have. I, I, I am. You know, I, I I go on these podcasts and I give talks on on motivation and the need to keep moving forward. But I mean, there's no S on my chest. I don't wear a cape and fly around or anything like that. I, I have bad days just like everybody else does. I, I cry, I get down, I feel sorry for myself. And when I do, I remember actually two stories that, that really helped me. The first story, and, and hang with me on this because this is going to start out kind of like a weird story, was about a study that I read that was done back in the 1950s at Johns Hopkins University. And it was a very simple study. This professor took rats and he put rats in a tank of water that was over their head. And he wanted to see how long the rats could tread water before they sank and drowned. And the average rat treaded water for about 15 minutes. And just as they were ready to go under, the professor reached in, grabbed them, pulled them out, dried them off, let them rest for a while. And then he put them back in that exact same tank of water. And the second time around, those rats treaded water on average for 60 hours. So think about that. First time, 15 minutes. That's all I can do. Second time, I can go 60 hours, which said to me two things. Number one, the importance of hope in our lives. We have to believe that our lives, whatever we're doing, that somewhere down the road, our lives are going to get better. The things, regardless of what we're going through, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And the second thing it taught me was the importance of realizing that our bodies can do so much more than we ever thought they could do. And the second story kind of dovetails with that, with that study, and it's about uh, uh, what the Navy SEALs call their 40% rule. And my wife happens to work with a young man who's a former Navy SEAL who's kind enough to call me on my off weeks of treatment just to check up on me. And sometimes we'll talk about the 40% rule, which is very simple. All it says is that if you're at the end of your rope, you don't think you can go on. You're in that hopelessness and helplessness part of your life that you're really only at 40% of your maximum and you still have another 60% left to give to yourself. So whenever I get into those, like I say, and I do, those dark places, those ugly places, those I feel sorry for myself places, I think about those two stories and they help me to move forward in my life. Man, you're such an inspiration. Uh, you talk about the four truths and uh, I read through that uh, earlier and uh I know we got to take a break right now, but when we come back from the break, I want to delve off into that and uh, so our listening audience can get a better understanding. You know, so listen audience, you want to be part of the conversation? That's 972-870-8704. We're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back and continue this great conversation with Terry Tucker. It's your life. I'm James Cool. We'll be back shortly after the break. 
There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. There is much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gifts of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must-listen to for anyone who thinks they are stuck in life or need to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet is the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to be an overcomer because a bigger, better, and a more impactful life awaits you. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Noah Dingley here, producer of The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And the new audio version of James' book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, is a must-have. James shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, by James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever audiobooks are sold. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. Listening audience, we have an amazing guest today. Um, it's Mr. Perry Tucker, and the title of the show is, what is the title of the show today, James? The title of the show is Motivational Checks, Inspiring People to Lead Uncommon Lives. You know, and I tell you, this this great guest uh, uh, is so inspirational, and it's just the motivation, enthusiasm that uh, he is portraying. Uh, even though uh, he might have challenges that he is going through, uh, he is helping us to understand that um, you know you're not alone, and that uh, there is help out there. And some of the things that he's doing with his blog and other things, his uh, podcast. I mean. Terry, man, thank you, man. We all need stuff like that. We all need that type of inspiration. T- Terry, um, I know there are many things that are happening, but in, is there any common denominators that have helped you overcome the traumatics uh, that you have faced in life? You know, I mean, I, it's kind of hard to be prepared for stuff like that because we never know that they're coming our way. You're absolutely right. We, we don't know. And, and I guess what I think have, have helped me through this or what I call my three F's, and those stand for faith, family, and friends. I, I have a very strong faith in God, and you know, certainly here in the United States, we're, we're great about starting down the path to to a goal or an ambition, and then we run up against an impediment, and you know, we're like, oh, oh okay, well, I got to quit because I've run up against this impediment. But we don't just quit; we want to blame somebody. We've got to find somebody to blame, whether it's our parents or our boss or our station in life, whatever that is. And when I got cancer, I had people that were like, well, you got cancer. Who do you blame? I'm like, well, what do you mean? Who do I blame? I, I don't blame anybody. I mean, I, I got cancer and, and, and these are my cards and I have to play them. I'm like, well, you must blame God. And I, I sort of joke. I'm like, no, I don't think God got up on a Tuesday morning, checked his to do list and said, Terry Tucker, cancer today. I don't think that that happened at all. But I do believe God has given me the, the, the strength, the wherewithal to get through these last 10 years. So that's the faith. The, the family, uh, when I found out that I had my leg amputated, I found out I had tumors in my lungs, my doctor wanted to put me on chemotherapy. And I asked him, I said, look, is it going to save my life? And he was like, eh, probably not, but it may buy you some time. I said, well, 
if the outcome is going to be the same as if I don't take it, I don't really think I want well, I want to do this, but I'll go home and talk to my family. And so I go home, and it's just my wife and daughter and I, and I start telling them what's going on. And my daughter's like, all right, we need a family meeting. I'm like, family meeting? There's three of us. It's not like we got a board here or something like that. you know. So, so we ended up sitting around the kitchen table and discussing how we each feel about me taking chemotherapy. And then my daughter's like, all right, let's take a vote. How many people want dad to have chemotherapy? And my wife and daughter raised their hand. And I was like, wait a minute. Am I getting outvoted for something I don't want to do? But I remember back in the police academy when our defensive tactics instructor used to have us bring a photograph of the people we love the most to class. And as we were learning to defend ourselves, we were to look at that photograph because he reasoned you will fight harder for the people you love than you will fight for yourself. So I ended up taking chemotherapy because I love my family, quite honestly, more than I love myself. So that was the family part of it. And then finally, the friends uh, situation. You really find out who your friends are when you know you have a terminal or a chronic illness in your life. And I, I guess I, I want to say this because I know I've done this, where somebody's going into the hospital, even if it's something good, like they have a baby, and what do we say? Hey, if you need anything, let me know. I mean, that's kind of like pretending you're playing in the game when you're sitting on the sidelines. If you love somebody, you care about them, the same things that you need to have done at your house are the same things they need to have done at their house, but they're going through a surgery or whatever they're going through. So don't pretend you're playing in the game. If you want to get involved, get out there, do something, cut the grass, pick the kids up from school, go grocery shopping, whatever you do, do that, and you'll, you'll be able to help them in a way that doesn't let you off the hook by just saying, hey, if you need anything, let me know. Well put, my friend. Well put. You know, hey, Terry, you write about and you talk about uh, what you call the four truths. Uh, can you tell our listening audience a little bit about that? And what is the how do you come up with that? Yeah, the, the four truths are just things that I've learned certainly over my life. But I, I think it really kind of come into focus over these last 10 years with cancer. And I, and I have them on a post note here on my desk. I, I've written them out. They're one sentence each. And I'll give them to you, and I'll give you a, a quick explanation. The first one is you need to control your mind or your mind is going to control you. When I was in high school, I, I had four, uh, three knee surgeries when I was in high school. And when I went back playing basketball after those knee surgeries, my mind was putting all kinds of negative thoughts into my brain. You know, things like, hey, you're probably a step slower and college coaches aren't going to be interested in recruiting you. And I remember thinking, no, wait a minute. I'm still playing at an elite level and coaches are still contacting me about potentially playing for their college or university. I realized when I was 15 that I needed to flip that switch to, to something that was positive. And if you think about it, our brains can hold one thought at a time. Why would you want to make that a negative thought? So that, that's the first one. Control your mind or it's going to control you. The second one is embrace the pain and the difficulty that we all experience in life and use that pain and difficulty to make you a stronger and more determined individual. Our brains are hardwired to avoid pain and discomfort and to seek pleasure. So to the brain, the status quo, the way things are right now, are good and should just be left alone. The problem with that is the only way we're going to grow, the only way we're going to get better, the only way we're going to improve is if we step outside that comfort zone and we do things that make us uncomfortable. And so I guess I would make this suggestion to your audience. Do one thing every day that scares you, that makes you nervous, that makes you uncomfortable, that is potentially embarrassing. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It could be something small. But if you do those small things every single day, when the big things in life hit us and they hit us all, you'll be so much more resilient to be able to handle those than somebody who just kind of casually goes through life. So that's number two. Number three is kind of what I call a legacy truth. And it's this, what you leave behind is what you weave in the hearts of other people. And the way I, you know, I think it's all important for all of us to, regardless of what stage in life we're in, to look at the end game of our life. What do we want people to say about us at our funeral? What, you know, what do you think people are going to say about you at your funeral? So when I had my leg amputated, I went to the cemetery and the mortuary and the church, and I planned my funeral, but I got some brushback from people somehow saying that that was in some way defeatist. And I had to remind these people that everybody's going to die, but not everybody is going to really live. 
So that's the third one. And then the fourth one is this. Uh, as long as you don't quit, you can never be defeated. And the way that works for me is this. Someday my pain is going to end. It may end through surgery. It may end through medication. Quite frankly, it may end when I die. But if I quit, if I give up, if I give in to pain, then pain will always be a part of my life. Wow. Those are amazing four truths, Terry. Um, I This is really inspiring, listeners. And um, I'm going to segue into the book you wrote called Sustainable Excellence, 10 Principles to Leading Your Uncommon and Extraordinary Life. Can you tell us why you wrote the book and um, just summarize what the book is about? Yeah, the, the book is, is about 10 principles that I developed uh, after having uh, being contacted by a college student who asked me what I thought were the most important things that he should learn to not only be successful in, in his job or in business, but to be successful in life. And I didn't want to give him the, you know, get up early, work hard, help others. Not that those aren't important. They are incredibly important. But I really wanted to give him something deeper. So I, I spent some time and I wrote some notes and eventually I had these 10 ideas, these 10 thoughts, these 10 principles. And I sent them to him. And then I kind of stepped back and I said, you know what? I've got a life story that fits underneath that principle or I know somebody whose life emulates that principle. So literally during the three-month period where I was healing after my leg amputation, I sat down at the computer every day and I built stories, real stories about real people and real events. Uh, I built stories underneath each of the principles, and that's how sustainable excellence came to be. Wow. So what is the feedback you've gotten so far regarding your book? And, um, you know, where can people buy the book? Yeah, the, the book can be bought anywhere you can get a book online. You can get it at Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com, Apple iBooks. Uh, it's available in ebook form, hard, hardcover, and paperback. Uh, and the feedback has been great. I, I didn't know anything about the publishing business before I started. Uh, I had a, had a great publisher who had editors that really helped me take a kind of really rough manuscript and, and move it into something that was that people wanted to read. And so I was, it was a learning experience for me. It's been great for me. And, and it's fun for me as an author because there's always one principle that resonates with the reader. They're not in any particular order, but it's always, there's always one that does it. And when that, when that person meets me or contacts me, that's a great starting point to develop a discussion. Wow. You know, we got to take a station break. I don't even want to break away from this because, you know, it's it just, is so inspiring. And uh, I can see our listening audience are inspired as well. I'm getting text messages. And uh, so we're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back and continue this absolutely fantastic conversation with Terry Tucker. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. We'll be back shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James Cooley, available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. 
It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. We have uh, an amazing guest who's been with us the the last um, hour, going to an hour now, and he has some amazing you know, uplifting, motivational things to say about the struggles he's been through and how he has come out of it. Mr. Terry Tucker. James, what do you think about the show so far? It's absolutely fantastic. And, uh, hey, Terry, I'm getting uh, a couple of uh, audience uh, saying, get the name of that book. They, can you tell them the name of the book one more time? Now, that's I got about five texts that's asked me. Please have them to get the name of the book again. <laughs> sure. The, the book is called Sustainable Excellence, the 10 Principles to Leading Your Uncommon and Extraordinary Life. Wow. And it can be picked up anywhere books are sold, I guess. Correct. You know, so, wow, Terry. Um, and listen, on, if you want to be part of this conversation, 972-870-8704. Terry, I, I know we kind of talked about this uh, a little bit, but what have you learned about Terry Tucker doing... Uh, the trials and tribulations that uh, you you have been experiencing? I, I guess one of the things that I've learned, I, I guess maybe there's two things I'd, I'd like to share with your audience. The first one is something that I learned, you know, that really kind of got codified or, or really kind of put to bed for me as I got older. And this is something, you know, I started playing team sports when I was nine years old and played all the way up until I was 21 when I graduated from college. And I think what team sports teaches you is the importance of being part of something that's bigger than yourself. You realize on a team that if you don't do your job, not only do you let yourself down, but you let your teammates down, your coaches down, your fans down, etc. And if you think about it, the biggest team game that we all play is this game of life. And right now I am on a clinical trial drug for the tumors in my lungs that more than likely will not save my life, but maybe five years from now or 10 years from now, may save the life of somebody else. And to me, that's part of being, you know, being part of something that's bigger than yourself. And, you know, you can look at what you get to do. When I go to treatment every third week, I, you know, there's two handles I can take. It's the handle of I have to go to treatment or the handle of I get to go to treatment. And the way I look at it is I get to go to treatment because by going to treatment, I may be giving doctors more information on how they can make this drug save somebody else's life, probably after I'm long gone. So that's one thing I think that I've learned is the importance of being part of something that's bigger than yourself. And the second thing I've learned is I had a, I had a nurse uh, when uh, fairly recently who, when I first met her, was a nurse, but she was uh, new to the unit and was being trained. And a couple months ago, she said to me, and, and she's fairly young, she's about 25 years old. She said, Terry, I've got a, I've got a story I want to tell you, but I'm a little uncomfortable. And you know, I mean, what do you say to that? I said, well, you know, it sounds like an interesting story. I'd like to hear it, but it's up to you whether you want to tell me. And so this is what she said. She said, Terry, when I first met you, I was going to get out of nursing. I was going to, I'd had a, a good friend of mine die. I was in a very dark place. I talked to my mom and dad. I was going to quit nursing and I was going to go to work for Amazon. And then I met you and I saw all the garbage you go through with this drug, how it makes you throw up and shake and you have a fever, a headache and all the things you go through. And I read your story. And when I did that, I realized I was in the place that I was supposed to be, that nursing was what I was supposed to do. Now, if she would have never shared that story with me, I would have had no idea that my life had had a positive impact on her. So I, I guess I think there's people out there, regardless of who you are or what you do for a living, that would do anything, that would trade places with you in a heartbeat. And I'll go back to a quote from John Wooden that went like this, a careful person I want to be. A little person follows me. I dare not go astray for fear they may go the same way. So whenever you get into that part of your life where you're thinking, oh, you know, my life isn't any good or, you know, I'm not. Any, I'm telling you right now, there's people out there that you don't even know who they are that would trade places with you in a heartbeat. Wow. You know, Terry, getting back to your book, what message uh, do you want to convey for people who have already read your book or people like me that's going to be reading your book 
Yeah, that's, you know, why did I write the book? I, I wrote the book to try to make a difference in people's lives. And like I said, I'd never been in publishing before. I'd, I'd never written a book before. So when the book was published, I was like, well, uh, I guess uh, I got to sell books. I got to sell books. I got to sell books. And I had a, a best-selling author, a business author over in the United Kingdom who kind of reached out to me and sort of pulled me aside. And he said, Terry, you're totally missing the point here. Your job is not to sell books. Your job is to help people. If you help people, your books will sell themselves. So I don't spend a lot of time, you know, looking at the numbers, how many books are sold or anything like that. I just want people to be able to take these these 10 points, these 10 principles and apply them in their lives. I mean, there's a there's a principle in there about the importance of love. There's a principle in there about the importance of failure, failing in your life, especially when you're young. You know, people are like, well, I don't like to fail. I just want to be successful. Well, I've got news for you. Anybody that's successful will tell you the road to success is paved with failure. So don't be afraid to fail, especially when you're young. There's a, there's a principle in there, and the one that resonates with me, because I've done it, is this. Most people think with their fears and their insecurities instead of using their minds. And I know I've done that. You know, I want to do that, but ooh, what are people going to say about me? Or maybe I'm not good enough to do that. That's thinking with your fears and your insecurities instead of using your mind, which, hey, I should do that because it's good for me. I'll grow in some way. There's a chapter in there about you are the person that you're looking to become. You may not be that person right now, but you are that person. You just haven't gotten there yet. So there, there's really kind of all kinds of things in there for people at different stages in their life. And I just hope that in some way that book can make a difference in people's lives. Wow. Hey, Terry. We all are born with purpose. I believe that uh, everybody that God created is born with purpose. What do you think your purpose was and still is uh, that uh, God has planted on your your heart that this is what I want you to do? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So I, I think my purpose has evolved over time. And I guess maybe before I start this, I, I think it's important to say this. A lot of times we think our purpose has to be our job. This is what I do for a living. It's my purpose. It doesn't. I mean, your job could be over here and that's what you do to pay the bills, but your purpose is over here. And that is to, you know, to write or to paint or to be an activist or to volunteer or whatever it is in your heart that you feel you're, you're supposed to do. And I think my purpose early on in life was basketball. I mean, I, I lived it, I ate it, I drank it, I slept it. I, I mean, it was my purpose and then I believe my purpose, my focus shifted to being in law enforcement. And now as I'm probably coming to the end of my life, I believe my purpose is to put as much goodness, as much positivity, as much love back into the world as I can. And, you know, I, my doctor showed me my CAT scan back in 2020 when I had the tumors in my lungs and, and I had my leg amputated. And, and I have no medical background, so I don't really know how to read a CAT scan, but there was fluid all around the sack of my lungs. There, there was these big tumors in there. And I remember looking at my doctor and saying, how was I alive? And he kind of shook his head and he said, I, I don't know how you were alive. Which said to me was, God's not done with me yet. When I die, how I die, where I die, way above my pay grade. So I don't spend a, a lot of time worrying about dying. I just spend time now trying to put as much goodness, positivity, and love back into the world. Wow. Hey, Terry. Can you tell our audience, listen audience, what are uh, two main takeaways that you want them to take from this discussion? I, I guess let me let me tell you a quick story. I've always been a big fan of Westerns growing up. Uh, and 1993, the movie Tombstone came out. It was a huge blockbuster. Starred Val Kilmer as a man by the name of John Doc Holliday and Kurt Russell by the man, as a man by the name of Wyatt Earp. Now, Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp were two living, breathing human beings who walked on the face of the earth. They're not made up characters for the movie. But in, in, the, in the end of the movie, these two men who've become this great, these great friends are talking about what they want out of life. And Doc says, you know, I was in love with my cousin when I was younger, but she joined a convent over the affair, but she's all I ever wanted. And then he looks at Wyatt Earp and he says, what about you, Wyatt? What do you want? And Wyatt says, I just want to lead a normal life. And Doc looks at him and says, there's no normal, there's just life and get on with living yours. Michelle, James, you and I, I mean, we all know people who are sitting out there and saying, you know what, when this happens, I'll have a normal life. When that happens, I'll have a successful life. When this happens, I'll have a significant life. What I'd like to leave you with is this. Don't wait. Don't wait for life to come to you. 
Get out there. Find the reason you were put on the face of this earth. Use your unique gifts and talents and live that reason. Because if you do, at the end of your life, I'm going to promise you two things. Number one, you're going to have a whole lot more peace in your heart. And number two, you're going to be a whole lot happier. Terry, we're down to the last 30 seconds of the show. How can people get in touch with you if they want to reach out to you? You can get in touch with me through my blog, motivationalcheck.com. will get you to me. Terry, this has been an absolute pleasure, my friend. And I'm going to extend another opportunity because I really like your story. I like uh, your motivation. So I'm going to invite you back on the show if you have time <laughs> to come back Absolutely. on and continue thank to talk you. to our audience. You know, so uh, i like to thank Terry Tucker for taking the time to come on on the James Cooley Show. It's your life. i got to always thank my great and fantastic co-host, Michelle Cooley, uh, my great producer, Matt, Matt Swindler. Uh, most important, our listening audience, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, keep in mind that we're always looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring great guests like what we had with Terry Tucker and to keep the show going. So I tell you, I want everybody to, you know, wrap, hug yourself, understand that you got purpose, understand that God is not through with you, and keep in mind it's your life. It's your life, and we'll be back next week with It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. Talk to you later. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been the James Cooley Show. It's your life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.